Alright, what's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Before we start into today's episode, I have a quick question for you. Raise your hand if you are listening and you are a founder or you are a founder type or working on side projects. Now, if you're if you're driving, please don't raise your hand. But if you're thinking that's me, chances are you might have a co-founder and in today's world, everything's remote. And this is unfortunate for founding teams because teams work fastest when they're together, right? When you're starting something new from scratch, being in the same room has a magical kind of feeling to it. And when we're all remote, you don't really get the same thing. Well, what if I told you there's a way to get that same output, right? Get that same feeling while being remote. And luckily there is. Uh, our sponsor for the next couple of weeks for Forward Thinking Founders is Sidekick. And Sidekick is an always-on display that sits next to you, next to your computer. It allows you to work right next to your co-founder like you were in the same room. This eliminates most of the problems that you kind of get when founding a startup remotely. And you're able to move faster and, and, and kind of get stuff done in a much more efficient way like you could with if you were in the same room. And luckily, because you're a listener of Forward Thinking Founders, you get a big discount on on Sidekick devices. If you go to sidekick.video slash FTF, you get $30 off. The market rate is $50 per device. As a listener of this podcast, it is $20 per device. $30 off total per device. So go to sidekick.video slash FTF, get your devices, and get you and your co-founders working together like you're in the same room, even if you're remote. Hope you enjoy it. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm excited to be talking to Madison Mikhail Bush, who is the founder of Point. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's going great. I mean, as great as 2020 can go. Yeah, 2020 is, there's like a cap to like like the, the greatness that could occur. But within that cap, I'm definitely having as good of a time as I can, specifically on the podcast, talking to awesome founders like you. For people that don't know what you are founding, what you're starting, which is Point, can you kind of share like what you're working on at Point? Yeah, absolutely. So Point is like class pass for volunteering. It's one app to volunteer for any cause. You might think that probably already exists, but you know, there's not like a nationwide go-to app to volunteer, which is honestly kind of shocking. Uh, Since we can invest in stock from our phones and get a dog walked, you really can't go do something, you know, good in your local community, you know, easily or mobily. Um, The point is more than just an app. We're actually a 
a software system for nonprofits to use, which is a little bit like Eventbrite and Salesforce beta baby for a nonprofit. It allows nonprofits for the first time to collaborate with uh, other entities like companies or big volunteer groups uh, to easily manage those volunteers. So let's kind of go from the perspective of a of a nonprofit. Um, so let's say I was to, I was to use this, and I have forward thinking nonprofit. Well, you know, you know, and and I and I try out point. Great name. Can you can you? That's the like it's. I I do give myself some credit for like forward thinking like three years ago because now I can just do anything and just slap forward thinking <laughs> in front of it. But um, if I was to um, you know, to use this as a nonprofit, can you kind of walk through a little bit of how it works, what it would look like, what the user experience is like, just a little more de um, detailed in like the features and how it works? Yeah. So for a nonprofit, Point is a very very easy setup process. It's pretty much a ready-made platform, unlike something clunky like Salesforce that really has to be customized. A lot of local nonprofits, A, don't need all the functionality of a large CRM, um, and they don't have the time to learn how to use it. Um, to put this in perspective, a lot of nonprofits either use pen and paper, I'm not joking you, pen and paper to manage volunteers, or they use Excel or Google spreadsheets. Sometimes they pay for really expensive systems, um, but most often than not, they're using something that they're kind of rigging together to make work. Point is a ready-to-go platform. You know, you make an account, you create a page just like you would on Facebook, um, and then they're kind of ready to upload volunteers, ask them to join Point on the app side, and then get started. Um, and we didn't start off saying, hey, I want to build a CRM. Um, that's definitely not the, the way it started. It started because I just wanted an easy way to volunteer. Um, and I thought that I could just build this app, gift it to the world, and then go about my very business and become the doctor that my parents wanted me to be and just kind of be done with it. Um, and I, in my family, if you're not a doctor, you're kind of a disappointment. So I chose the disappointment route permanently after I talked to hundreds of nonprofits. And I discovered kind of the same thing. I mean, I'm sorry, I discovered really the same thing after talking to nonprofits so often, they, they were telling me, um, I don't have the money to pay for expensive systems. Expensive systems don't really work for me. Um, and literally eight times out of 10, all of these people were women. And I found that there was a very, very deep problem that nonprofits were getting ignored by the tech community, but they were also getting ignored because they're majority women. And I was like, this is really, really messed up. These women are changing our communities. Literally, 85% of all of the nonprofits on point are led by women. They're changing communities and they have no tools to do it. Um, and then I just got mad. And uh, here I am, uh, you know, building software for women to use locally and uh, to connect with people like us that just want to do something good. So let's kind of talk about the other side of the of the the app or the the product, which is if I want to vol if I want to volunteer or find places to volunteer, um, can you kind of describe how I would do that on on point? Is it like um, yeah, I actually have no idea. So if I wanted to like volunteer on this weekend at a great organization, how could I use point to do that? And like love to learn a little more about it on that end. So once you download the app, you select causes that you care about. They're based off the UN's global goals. And uh, so if you care about, uh, I don't know, give me some examples. What are the things you care about? 
Um, I'm really into um, providing opportunity for underserved mar- uh, underserved children and markets. I was very involved with an organization called Camp Swift when I was a kid. Um, and like I like so yeah, that's something I really care about. Additionally, mental health and mental illness um, organization, yeah. specifically Klein Levin Syndrome Foundation. Um, lots of stuff, but those are like kind of two um, inner city children, giving them opportunity and uh, kind of uh, mental health and mental illness uh, causes stuff like that. So you're a great example of the mark of our generation. We don't care just about one thing. We care about a lot of things. Um, And we also are not necessarily aligned with one nonprofit that does that one cause. Instead, we care about just, hey, I care about climate change and I'm gonna help everyone that gets us to improve the climate, right? So you would pick, you know, jobs, health, um, and, and family on point and then those causes uh, are helping you filter the best opportunities near you. You can either filter for your availability and find the things that you care about near you. Um, I don't think we are launched in uh, San Francisco. Actually, I know we're not launched in San Francisco. Um, But if you want to bring Point to your city, all you have to do is invite nonprofits that you already care about to join Point so you can have easy access to them. Um, normally, you know, how you volunteer for an organization is that you, you know, you find their website, but you have to know their name to find them, right? Nonprofits can't invest in SEO. I mean, what nonprofit has the time and sit down to invest in SEO right now? No one. Not, I mean, the large entities, but at a local level, no one's doing it. So you have to know their name to find them, which you don't on point because you can search by cause. Or, um, you know, you're calling a volunteer coordinator uh, and probably think playing phone tag with like an 85-year-old woman, super sweet, but it's really hard to get a hold of her. Um, and it's just like this hot mess of, you know, trying to get involved. But with point, you find an opportunity, you sign up, you press go, and you're actually signed up. Um, it's not like an online online billboard where you're saying, I'm interested, and then you have to go through that process of phone tag. Um, once you sign up, you're in. I'm curious. So you mentioned that you're not open in San Francisco. Are you open in Phoenix, Arizona? I'm not, but someone should bring us to Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> no, well, that's so that I live in Phoenix. I, I feel like sometimes people think I, I, I live in San Francisco because like I like virtually live in San, San Francisco, but I'm, I'm based in Phoenix. And I and I would say like my fiance and I like I would say more than four times over the last few months, especially during COVID, we're like, oh, like where, where can we contribute? How can we volunteer? And that we there wasn't like that go to thing. Um, so you think I, it should exist, but it just yep. doesn't. I mean, no one is ever surprised when we tell them, oh yeah, we're starting point. It's, you know, the starting point to do something good. And people always ask me, doesn't that, shouldn't that already exist? And I'm like, you think it would, but we're coming. Um, and I love how you just mentioned volunteering in COVID because believe it or not, among the problems in 2020, like fires, COVID, murder, bees, we actually have a nationwide volunteer shortage, I kid you not. And it's because older people are the backbone of our volunteer workforce in the US. And because of COVID, they can't volunteer. Um, And they shouldn't be volunteering really until a vaccine comes out. So believe it or not, we don't have enough volunteers in the US. And and to put into a real example, 51% of all the food programs in the US are completely volunteer run. That means food banks, food pantries that are experiencing right now, you know, upwards of 125% uh, increase of demand. 
don't have enough people to get food out the door. So if you are listening to this podcast, think about your local food pantries, think about your local food banks. If you are not high risk, consider volunteering, track them down, um, ask to go volunteer with them, invite them to point so they can easily recruit younger people to help them. Um, but it's a, it's a major problem. States like Ohio have um, brought in, it's mind blowing, but have brought in the National Guard and stationed them for you know five months at food pantries and food banks. Um, that's how many of us are not volunteering. Um, and it's, it's absolutely needed. So obviously it's such like a big, big problem that you're solving, right? Um, which means that you, you know, take it a day at a time. You can't solve it all like in, in one day, although I'm sure I think you, you want to, but like, how are you, how are you kind of taking this giant problem in stride? I guess another way to phrase the question is what are you spending your time on during the day and how do you like get the word out about this? And also, and I guess uh, the third question, I'll give you a three prong is, um, how do you even know where to open? Is it demand based? Like when, when the market pulls, you open up there or I just, I'm just curious like a little more than your day to day and, and kind of what you spend your time on. So currently what we're spending time on is, is mostly expansion. Um, our initial expansion plans have really been crushed by COVID. Um, nonprofits traditionally really appreciate more of a face-to-face -face method and you couldn't get local nonprofits to talk to you on Zoom before COVID. Um, so it's really opened up some new doors to allow us to change our, our growth strategy, which is great. Um, but also it, it's hard to get nonprofits to sign on to point currently because they're in this really make it or break it moment for the community. You know, they're, they don't have any time to sit and, and talk with you. Um, but if we're able to talk to people, um, you know, on average, food banks and food pantries are telling us we're saving them 15 hours a week. That's two days behind uh, the computer. Um, so it's, it's a lot of direct sales. Nonprofits appreciate the direct sales approach. It's not, it's not, right now there's not a super easy way to market to nonprofits. Um, so we're doing a lot of calls, but we're also relying on people in the community, you know, like you and your listeners, to educate the nonprofits that you have a relationship with and say, this is a better recruiting tool uh, for people our age, which is the demographic that nonprofits desperately need right now. Um, they cannot rely on people finding them um, magically on a website that has zero investment in SEO. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It, and where do you, um, like, what have you, I guess, what have you learned since you've started this? Um, I mean, I myself also am a fan of direct sales. It's what I had to do for my, for my first company. Um, is there, what about direct sales have you learned um, in regards to selling to nonprofits or is there anything, I'll, I'll, least I'll, I'll actually like open it up since you've started point. What have been some things that you learned about the market, about sales, about technology that you, that you want, you maybe didn't know a couple of years ago. So to clarify, I, I'm saying, you know, direct sales in a way of just like direct contacting nonprofits because nonprofits don't pay for point. It is absolutely 100% free um, for local nonprofits. And we are able to offer that because we have something called a buy gift model. It's kind of like Tom Shoes for Tech. 
companies buy our software subscription to our software for their internal corporate responsibility programs and then they're able to gift point to up to 10 nonprofits for free um, because of covid we kind of nixed the the scaling model and we just tried to maintain a ratio of companies to nonprofits so that you don't have to have a company invite to join point um, and we've done that because a lot of nonprofits and a lot of areas we're not in whether that's you know, Atlanta, um, and we're just, you know, expanding to Austin and Denver currently. Um, you know, they didn't have a corporate sponsor, but they needed the platform. And we are doing whatever we can to serve the community, so gates are open. Um, so that's how we've, you know, grown in the past is, you know, contact a company, they give the software, or we're doing direct outreach and saying, hey, come on board. Um, what I've learned um, is that it takes relationships. It takes time. Uh, you know, when you build it, they're not necessarily going to come. They need to trust you, they need to trust your software. Um, and the nonprofit community is so relational. Um, and I think because it's built and, uh, you know, run by women. And we, you know, we sit down, we have a conversation with all of our nonprofits um, so they get to understand who we are and understand that we care about them. And we're not just another tech company that's saying, pay us you know, $10,000 a year and we're never going to talk to you again. We're not, and we want to tell them that we're, we want to listen to their problems in the community. We're here to partner with them um, and not disrupt what they're doing in the community, but really catapult them in uh, to the community with a better tech tool. And then kind of, if you look out and you kind of keep, keep doing all of this, you keep growing and growing and growing and like 10 years goes by, 15 years goes by and you know, you are the solution. You've solved the problem for the world, what does that look like then? Um, or I guess in other words, a little more, you know, probably a better phrasing question is what's the, what's the vision that you have for Point and what direction are you rowing in? We want to be, you know, the Uber or the class pass for volunteering. Um, again, I just think it's absolutely absurd. It's ridiculous that we don't already have this. Um, and I don't want to be another online billboard. We have to be a tool that women leaders can use in the community, not hand women leaders more work. Um, and, and that's my goal is, and, and I truly believe that when we equip local women leaders, we lift communities. Um, and my hope is that we are gonna be able to give, you know, a woman leader, whether they're in South Dakota or Miami or New York City, the tools she needs uh, to uplift her community. And that's the goal. And to make that happen, you'll need some help, right? Like you'll need nonprofits, you'll need these companies that you partner with, you, you'll need volunteers, all these things. But what you'll, you'll, you'll definitely need is help from the forward-thinking founders community. So for my last question for you is how can the forward-thinking founders community help? Are you looking for employees, volunteers, like, are you fundraising? I guess how can anyone listening assist with what you're doing at Point? Invite nonprofits. So right now, again, the gates are open. If you know a nonprofit in your city that seems like they need a better way to, to manage their volunteers or connect with their volunteers, we want them on point. Um, and it literally, there is nothing better than that personal invite. Um, so if you go to pointapps.org, you can invite uh, your nonprofits to join. Um, we, our team will personally talk to them um, and, and get them set up. Awesome. So you just mentioned your website name um, or your website URL. Are there any other places that 
um, listeners can find you online or you're on social media or do you, do you have an email that you can they can email and then just remind them what the website is one more time just to make sure they know where to go if they want to connect I love these questions shameless marketing <laughs> um, you can go to uh, pointapp.org um, you can find us at point app Wow, you can find us at, at Point App at most socials. Uh, you can find me at Madison McHale, and um, you can email us if you want to at info at pointapp.org. All right, well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Absolutely, great to meet you. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you want more of Forward Thinking, I'm excited to let you know that we now have a community. Well, it's not really a community. It's more of a city. It's called Forward Thinking City. And in Forward Thinking City, you're able to do AMAs with past guests that have been on the podcast. For example, today we just talked to Jonathan Barkle, who's the CEO of Air Garage. Um, additionally, we have the CEO of Catch, Kristen Anderson. We have Austin Allred, the CEO of Lambda School, coming in. And these are people that you can talk with, right? You can ask them questions. These are AMAs. Additionally, you're able to do happy hours with other residents once a week so you can meet other people, learn about their startups. You also have a chance to do startup office hours and get feedback on your on your startup or your product, as well as get a chance to pitch actual investors, real VCs. And this is all only for $7 a month. So if you want to support me as a creator, but more importantly, if you want to move your startup career forward and faster and get you access to guests on the podcast, other people in the city, and potential investors, then go to forwardthinking.city and sign up today for $7 a month. That's forwardthinking.city. All right, see you tomorrow.